I guess I would look at it from at least empirically your list has people that have paid you money and that's a very different relationship than the other part of the list, which is people that have not paid you money. Mm-hmm. So maybe thinking about engagement from at least those two sides and maybe you have a little more leeway with the people that have paid or maybe less leeway. I don't, I don't know. It depends on all the other context around your email relationship. G'day folks. Welcome to another episode of the WP Elevation podcast. My name is Troy Dean and I'm your host. And this week we have a slight departure from usual programming. This is the kind of episode that you should watch as well as listen to because this is a deep dive masterclass with lots of screen sharing into the wonderful, nerdy and very important topic of list hygiene. Our feature guest is Paul Sokol. He's a return guest of the podcast. He was on a little while ago uh, talking about marketing automation. Of course, Paul used to be an employee at Infusionsoft and is responsible for writing uh, some of the automations that are part of that software. And now he is with Blitzmetrics and I asked him to come back and do a screen share basically to teach me about list hygiene. List hygiene is this concept of keeping your email list clean But as Paul puts it, it's really about maintaining the integrity of the relationships with the people in your database and not thinking of them as email subscribers, but thinking about them as individuals that you have a relationship with and only communicating with them about things that are relevant and that they're interested in. And that's fine to do if you've got 100 people on your email list. You could probably do that in an Excel spreadsheet. But once you start to grow your list, you want to make sure that you've got some way of automating that. Otherwise, it just gets a bit out of control. And so Paul very kindly opens his laptop takes us inside his Infusionsoft app and shows us how he manages list hygiene. So this is a fabulous episode. As I said, it is very nerdy. It's a deep dive masterclass. Get ready. Hang on. You're going to learn a ton. And if you're listening to this podcast, please stop what you're doing, pull out your phone or open your laptop and watch it because uh, if you don't watch it, it won't make a lot of sense. All right, without further ado, let's go and learn about list hygiene with Paul Sokol. This is the WP Elevation Podcast. Helping WordPress consultants elevate. Just before we get into this episode of the podcast, I have a quick favor to ask. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on iTunes at wpelevation.com slash iTunes. Or if you're not an Apple user, you can get us on Stitcher Radio at wpelevation.com slash Stitcher. And please, if you are on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. It really does help us come up in the search results and get the show in front of a wider audience. And we love your feedback and we read all of the reviews. Thanks in advance. Now let's get back to the show. G'day folks, Troy Dean here and welcome to another episode of the WP Elevation podcast. We are very honoured and very lucky to have a returning guest to the podcast this week to cover off part two of what we started to speak about a few weeks ago. Uh, I'm joined by the one and only Paul Sokol out of the, uh, what are you, time zone, Pacific time zone eh, these days, Paul? Uh, yeah, technically, Arizona doesn't do time zones, so oh, that's half right. the year Pacific, the other half were mountains. So that's right. Yes, right now, today, it's technically Pacific. Cool. Awesome. And uh, the last time you were on here, we spoke about marketing automation. Of course, you are ex-Infusionsoft, now with Blitzmetrics. Uh, we, I wanted to get you back because I want to talk about this topic that not many people know about. I certainly took me a few years to figure out what it was all about. And I think it was our mutual friend, Rich Thurman, that put me onto it initially. This concept of list hygiene. 
Now, mm-hmm. what is this like taking your list subscribers and putting them through the washing machine? Why do they need a clean? What's going on here? What is list hygiene for those uninitiated? So that's a great question. So list hygiene, I guess, are it's a general term for different things that you can do to make sure that you are staying in touch with your lists and really making sure that you're maintaining the relationships within your list. Having a list of a million people that don't really care what you got going on is way worse than a list of, let's maybe say, 100 people and their rabid fans who are going to buy anything that you release. So the idea of list hygiene is trying to do everything you can to keep the relationship going with with that person because it really is individual relationships. Um, and if you think about email marketing like that, it'll it's a interesting switch. Yeah, the the number it's a vanity metric, isn't it? Like so many people chase mm-hmm. the big list. So many people aim for the big numbers. I know when we clocked over a hundred thousand, it was a huge thing for us. And then you start digging into your numbers and you go, <laughs> hang on a second, <laughs> there's about thirty thousand emails actually being delivered out of that hundred thousand list. What's happening with the rest of them? Well, we just paying Infusionsoft to host those email addresses and send emails that are going into the ether. There's a whole, there's a whole other impact around deliverability and stuff, which we can talk about. But um, how do you... That's another good reason. That's an operational reason to do list hygiene. Yeah. Deliverability. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off, but that's a very good reason. How do you overcome the, how do you overcome the, um, maybe it's a, Maybe it's a stupid question, but how do you, oh, I'm known for asking stupid questions. How do you overcome the the kind of vanity of going? Well, you know, I want to have a big list. Like, how do you, how do you get past that? And 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 because uh, there's a, I think there's a fear when you suggest to people that they should uh, effectively remove people from their email list who who aren't responding and who are unresponsive. They're, I think there's a fear of of potentially losing that connection. But I mean, if they're not Engage and they're not responding, then there's no connection anyway. How do you, how do you overcome that, or how do you coach other people through how to overcome that? So, if it helps, think about your email list like a garden or maybe like a tree that's that's growing, and it's cycle of life. Not all leaves are going to hang out forever, and sometimes you just got to shake the tree, and the dead ones will fall, and the strong leaves will will stay and that's what these and each leaf represents a individual relationship because every person on your subscriber list you've got a relationship with hmm. either a good one or a bad one or or even not and, and and even those are judgments just you have a relationship with them hmm. in some form or fashion you're sending them emails like okay so so at what point at what size email list or at what age of email list should I be thinking about list hygiene I think I know the answer to this question <laughs> Well, actually, I'm curious. What do you think is your answer? Uh, I think the answer is. What is your answer? I think the answer is from day one before you've collected an email address at all. You should be thinking about list hygiene. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that is the answer. However, maybe look at the other side of the coin. Instead of looking at it as like the you're looking at this mass of this pile of leaves or these leaves on this tree, looking at looking at it from the individual leaf's point of view. So. What does it mean for somebody to be unengaged with you if I'm a B2C product? I'm a restaurant. You know, come buy our burgers and fries and beer versus what does it mean to be unengaged if I am a B2B service provider such as a, a book publishing agent? 
you know, um, going from you know, the business of an author to the business of a publishing house. Um, it, it means very different things, right? Because there's different kinds of relationships. Think about the relationships in, in, in your life. If you don't talk to your significant other for more than like, you know, heck, if you, if you go through an entire day without talking to your significant other and it's not like they're on vacation or something, like that's not necessarily, you know, there's something going on. They are unengaged. You want to get them engaged again. But if it's like one of your best friends, maybe you could reach out once a year or so and like everything's cool. You can you can pick it up and then you have all those kind of relationships in between. Hmm. So I guess I would look at it from at least empirically your list has people that have paid you money. And that's a very different relationship than the other part of the list, which is people that have not paid you money. Mm-hmm. So maybe thinking about engagement from at least those two sides. And maybe you have a little more leeway with the people that have paid. Or maybe less leeway. I don't, I don't know. It depends on all the other context around your email relationship. Yeah. It's a fun rabbit hole to go down and you can spend... <laughs> you can spend yes. months in this rabbit hole, and I have. Um, so let's talk about engagement, though, because this is this kind of magic word that, you know, gets thrown around a lot and nobody really understands, and there's lots of confusion around it. So what, what, what does someone on your email list who is engaged, what does that actually mean? So if we look at it at least from, from like, a, I guess – Again, a basic point of view, if people are opening your emails and even then clicking, they would be engaged. Um, I'm sure there's tools out there that could show you like how long maybe an email has been open for or something like that. Maybe not. But like if somebody's like quickly picking through their emails, maybe they're not super engaged. Whereas if uh, it's like a website, if someone's getting there but bouncing, there's a little level of engagement, but it's not super crazy. Um, for clicks, those people are engaged with the act of at least responding or wanting to learn more about something. So, so at the very uh, – go ahead. So an, so an open – someone who opens your email is engaged – as someone who clicks on a link in your email is also engaged, but they might be very, they might be different levels of engagement or different levels of commitment. Yeah. You know what? Maybe we'll use a Facebook analogy here because I think this might help demonstrate the idea. I'm not sure if you're aware um, how different posts are weighted on Facebook because when there's a post that's made, you can either, you can react to it, mm-hmm. you can make a comment, or you can share Right. And each of those is a different level of engagement. They're more important than others. If I have five likes on a post and then a post that has one share, that one share definitely is more than those five wimpy little likes that I got, hmm. at least as far as the reach. So if somebody opened uh, and the way, pardon me, the way the Facebook works is if you react, that's worth a point. If you comment, that's worth, I believe, six points. And then if you share, it's worth a hundred points. And wow. this, this, in, this impacts how the, the news feed ranks stuff to show it to other people. If something gets shared a lot, it's going to share it on Facebook a lot more, uh, and it's scored like that. Or at least those are the numbers that I've been that I've been taught. So we can think of email in a similar way. If somebody opens it, they uh, maybe get a point. If somebody clicks, they get six points. And then if they forward an email, you know, I mean, it's a hundred. And I don't know how you attract that forwarding bits. There's that's another different total rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, so that's the engagement, though. So if somebody opens every single one of your emails, 
okay, they might be super engaged. You could dig into the data even more and say, are they opening all these emails at once in a batch and just boom, 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 boom? Um, are they opening them as they come in? So a bunch of a bunch of ways you can really dig into it and the, and the heuristics of that behavior. But you can see it is for the individual. Just like with the very beginning, it, you got to think of it from the individual person. This is really interesting that you talk about this, you know, how long – how long does it take them between the email landing in their inbox and them opening it? And then, you know, do they just like batch all your emails into a, into a label and then go through it on a Friday night, half past seven after a whiskey and just open all your emails and they're not really paying attention. I didn't, I didn't even realize you could measure that stuff. I didn't, I didn't realize, I just thought an open was an open. I didn't realize you could measure an open when it arrives or an open three weeks after it arrives. I mean, you can, you can definitely calculate that. You've got those two data points, you know, when it was sent and you know, when, uh, they opened it. Huh. And so you can look at that uh, and, you know, just look at look at trends like that. And that's where you get into super, like, I mean, if you think about it, that's probably where email automation is going to go is where it breaks down the individual maximum send time per user. Mm. There's people that have done things like that in the past. Like, uh, I, don't remember if, I don't know if you remember our score with, uh, I think it was Jonathan Drake and, and maybe maybe Brian Keith. I don't know. I know, I know Drake was definitely involved in that. And the idea was it sends the email based on when they're the most likely to, like based on when they last clicked, I think. Yeah, right. That's the whole idea. Yeah. And it's this wild model that, you know, handled it. So if someone's if someone has a list of, let's say, 10,000 email subscribers that have signed up over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. what's the, and they've never done list hygiene, and they're sending emails mm-hmm. and they're getting maybe you know, 1,200 people opening their emails and they're like, what's going on with the rest of these 10,000 people? What's the first thing they need to do to start to work out whether or not out of the, out of the remaining 8,800 people who aren't opening their emails, some of those emails might be dead. Some of those emails mm-hmm. might just not be deliverable at all. How do we work out which of those emails are still alive and how do we try and what's the strategy behind, first of all, identifying that segment of people who are still receiving our emails and then what do we do with those people who are still receiving our emails to try and get them re-engaged? Okay. Great question. And maybe at this point it would be a good time to to do a little screen share and hop into Infusionsoft because this is where we can look at how would you actually pull this data. Totally. And, that would be awesome. Yes, Fantastic. And here so, we are inside Infusionsoft. Look at this. We are inside an Infusionsoft app here right now, screen sharing. Yes. This is very exciting. Yes, this is, this is thrilling. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and look under uh, under the hood at what I got going on here. So, so just to reset and remind everyone in the context, you're saying, hey, we've got this list, you know, ten thousand ish people. So whatever. How do we start picking through it and cleaving what's going on here? So, um, one of the first things I'd look at is the just straight up hard bounces. People that it's returned to sender, address is bad, don't exist anymore, um, because they're just kind of taken up dead weight. Now, unless you need the space in the database, there's no reason to necessarily delete them because if they opt in again for some reason, then you have you still have that historical data. But there's any number of reasons an email can hard bounce, you know, you work email changes, they get a new email, they start, you know, who knows. So, uh, we're in the marketing reports here, and if we go to the email status search, actually Remind me about this unsubscribe report. This is a very valuable one. This is super cool. Okay. Because this is going to help kind of guide your strategy and like how you're going to re-engage these folks. And what are we doing here? So in your email status search, this is where you can search for 
the, the different ways people can be flagged in the system based on just the status of their email. So if we go to a hard bounce, you can see they actually added a bunch of other kind of things recently. So like deactivated delinquent mailbox, uh, invalid reported spam. These are all kind of part of Infusionsoft and, uh, getting smarter at you know, flagging people when stuff happens. Because um, traditionally a hard bounce is just return to sender, nothing going on. I'd imagine though that this deactivated delinquent is probably something that if the system sees, it may apply. Just like if you send an email and it bounces, it'll flag it as hard bounce. It'll change the, the status automatically. So anyway, we can just do a, just a blanket search for anybody that's hard bounce. And cool. So here's all the people that have bounced from this. And this is being my app. So again, first opportunity here, you can do something like, are any of these paying clients? You know, are these any paying customers? And if so, maybe there's an opportunity to re-engage them. Um, uh, if they're paying customer, yeah. I mean, does that make sense though? Yeah. Like looking, because then you're not having to re-earn what you got going on. And if they're customer, chances are you can, you have a phone on file. So you could even add that column here and just see who's doing it. Oh, as far as the customers and things like that, under general, it's basically, uh, I lied to you, it's the MISC criteria. Uh, this is where you can segment people based on based on tags here. So for example, if I wanted to say, hey, is anybody on my newsletter a hard bounce? And you can see there's a bunch of other cool stuff here. So we can look at last open date, last click date, last time a form was submitted. So you can do some really you can do some very mindful segmentation. Mm. So anybody hard balanced on my email list? A hmm. couple of people. Okay, great. And you can see some of these were sent a um, long time ago, and some were getting the most recent one. So uh, none of these people have a phone number on file, though. Um, so if these are paying customers, maybe there'd be a phone number on file, call them up. Hey, we tried to send you an email. Came back. We'd love to stay in touch. We got a present for you if you give us a better email, or send them a direct mail. You ever have you ever gotten a letter in the mail saying, "Hey, your email didn't work"? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> I mean, that would probably get a decent response because it's at least for right now a novel idea. And uh, yeah, give them some kind of a bonus, a coupon or whatnot, or depending on what you're doing. Again, if you're a B2B service, maybe you can't give them a whole. Sure. Free thing, but if you're a restaurant, yeah, free appetizer. Give us a good email on file. Yeah. Uh, so that's one place to start as far as hard bounces. That's really like shaking the dead leaves. Mm -hmm. And then it's actually shaking the dead leaves and then looking through the, and then I'd say look through the leaves and say, are there any customer leaves in here? And if so, try and figure something out with them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then for the other ones, you may want to delete them. Uh, I would, if you're going to do that, I'd recommend at least backing them up before you do that. Mm -hmm. uh, couple of reasons you'd want to do that. One, so you, you you still have that data. It's still you can still do something with it. And two, uh, it's a great seed for possibly some custom audiences for you in the future too. Mm -hmm. So upload them into Facebook, upload them into LinkedIn, what have you. Run some ads to them, try and re-engage them that way. 
Got it. Uh, okay. So email list hygiene. So that's one thing that you can do. And in general, doing this email status search is, is pretty valuable. Oh, there's also a really cool report. Um, there's some pre-built-in, we'll look at the other report, uh, which is like click percentage. You can do a gen generic cold or warm mm -hmm. uh, send date, as well as the engagement date too. And what does this engagement date refer to? Is it opens or, or clicks? I believe that it is an open okay. or a click. Okay. Uh, and of course, you can't open it without having a click unless it's not tracking the open, which you know, sometimes happens. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, um, I mean, there's any number of reasons you could use this report. I mean, if you have, like, let's say a paying membership site or whatnot, go ahead and look for people that have not engaged in more than three months, but they have your member site tag. Mm. Um, pay attention to those folks, you know, send them a broadcast all at once, every, every once in a while, see what happens. Uh, so this is almost like stupid list tricks. And I don't mean to diminish it or talk down about the whole list hygiene thing, but it's really kind of hard to clean a list without having some reason to do it. Sure. And so that's, I guess that's the most important thing for people to for people listening to keep in mind is like, yeah, you can re-engage your list all day long. Do you, is there a reason though? Mm. You don't want to necessarily just like re-engage your list for like some, you know, whatever thing that never gets off the ground anyway, uh, and then crap out again on them. Or uh, so typically, typically in our yeah. in our situation, it's because people have come onto our list around a particular topic of conversation. So in our in our audience it's usually around hey i want to get clients for my wordpress consulting business but at okay. some point they tune out and my theory is that they're just no longer interested in that topic they're potentially interested in the product or the service that we can offer but they've moved on they're, they're, they're now they're like well you know i've got plenty of work i need to hire someone to help me and we're not having that conversation so they've just stopped you know, listening really. And also we eat, we have a habit of a history of emailing a lot. So anyone on our email list, I do apologize for that. Um, but you know, <laughs> emailing works. So that's why we've been doing it. And I think there's a little bit of kind of, you know, they're kind of, uh, saturated by the noise and it's been the same message for a long time. So in our case, it would be like, all right, let's find the people who aren't engaged and let's try and re-engage them with a different angle, if that makes sense. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, great. Let's use that as an example. It's always good to have some teaching examples here, which in general for kind of the thing that, that you're doing where it's uh, it's kind of like a, an educational role or maybe like a server, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, profiling and making sure that people's, you know, preferences are up to date is a really great opportunity to engage folks. So you can always do at least once a year, you have an excuse to do some spring cleaning. Hey, we're sending an email. Here's what we've got on file for you. Please go here if you want to change any of this. Mm. If you're no longer interested in seeing us, uh, it was great to have, you know, know you and unsubscribe here. Mm. Um, and then, and just because someone unsubscribes, that doesn't mean that it's the end of it either. Again, Put them on a like a, a custom audience, run some ads to them. If you've got some, you know, if you have an address for them, 
again, maybe do some some direct mail, try and re-engage them. I don't know. Yeah. Text messages. There's yeah. there's many things you can do. We have eleven. Th- we have currently eleven thousand people in a Facebook custom audience who have unsubscribed. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Make make a lookalike of, of people who have no interest in hearing from you. No, I'm kidding. Because <laughs> they did at one point, though. They <laughs> they did. Um, but actually, here's here's the we'll get to this click through percentage search. That's a really cool one. But this dovetails nicely into the unsubscribe report, mm-hmm. uh, or is it the? I believe it's the unsubscribe report. There's one that talks about yeah the feedback that you get when you unsubscribe. So here. Uh, yeah, unsubscribe report. So we're just going to do a blanket. Show me anybody that's ever unsubscribed from my list ever. Hopefully it's awful and I can, like, you know, read the hate tweets. Uh, okay, so so there's different types of feedback when people opt out. Uh, when someone opts out of an Infusionsoft email, there's those couple radio buttons of, like, hey, what's up? Give us some more info before you unsubscribe. That's what these feedback types are. You can, I believe, sort by the different kinds of feedback type if mm-hmm. there's, like, a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah. Um, you can also do it by a specific batch, too. So if you sent a, a an email broadcast and it just totally, like, doo-dooed everywhere and, like, ruined everything, you can really dig into the, the unsubscribe data here and just see, like, what's going on. Uh, so here's what's, what's valuable, though, is this additional feedback here. Mm. So... <laughs> My emails are too long, bro. Emails are too Sorry. long, bro. <laughs> okay, cool. But so, for example, here's great. You know, people no longer using Infusionsoft. Uh, yeah. Infusionsoft. Oh, I've switched to um, Active Campaign. Too many emails. Okay, cool. Okay, great. So this is. I know that guy. This is interesting. <laughs> right? We know we. That's hilarious. <laughs> I actually right. know that subscriber. But anyway, look at look at how valuable this is. That's probably my fault um, that he switched to Active Campaign. <laughs> yeah, look at that. And a loop, uh, a loop, uh, a loop circle. So, anyway, um, wouldn't it be awkward if wouldn't it be awkward if my name was on that list? <laughs> I'd say you sent too many emails. Be... <laughs> oh man, that would that would. But this is interesting. I've yeah. actually never looked at this feedback now there that I now that I think about it. But this is this to me. This is saying people don't know that I do more than just infusion software. Yeah, that's right. Um, that I just do automation as automation. So if you're yeah. listening, Paul Sobel is infusion soft and. You know, marketing Spot automation, and active yeah. campaign, and just general marketing automation. Yeah, they're all. If you can drive a, it's like a truck. If you can, if you can drive a like a diesel truck that's a manual, you can drive any diesel truck that's a manual. <laughs> that's right. Same kind of thing. Or as Burt Reynolds uh, said in Smokey and the Bandit, I can drive any forking thing. Uh, that's great. For those of you who were um, alive in the late seventies, early eighties, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they should so, remake that. Anyway, film. but this, they they should, but not with Sally Field. All <laughs> no. right. Anyway, uh, but this is a really wonderful report, uh, and it can give you a lot of just valuable information here. Uh, but to, to improve in general, I would even recommend making this some kind of a, like a, maybe a marketing or even an offer habit mm. where maybe once a quarter, once a year, you actually pull this additional feedback and you, you do something with that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for example, people saying they don't infuse soft anymore, all that jazz. It's like, all right, cool. Well, let me figure out somebody to engage people in a way that they know it's more than just that. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's just looking at my business. No one's particularly interested. Um, I do like the feedback that my emails are too long. That's because you know they're not they're they're not for you. And if that's the case, if yeah. it's too long and 
is not for you. That's right. So, okay. So we're talking about list hygiene here. So here, this is a good opportunity to, if you're looking at list hygiene, look through this first to, to make sure you're not stepping on any landmines mm -hmm. uh, again. So uh, another report that will help you filter out your list hygiene, and I know this is all ground level like pulling pulling data stuff, is this click-through percentage search, though. Mm -hmm. This is another way to dig into the, the engagement here. So what you may want to do is just do a general audit of your list and kind of see what's what's around, what's general click-throughs, what's general unsubscribes, you know, what's the number of hard bounces and unengaged, and see where your opportunities are. Because, you know, we, we can run around in a bunch of different rabbit holes trying to fix whatever metric we're looking for. Um, so anyway, this is some of the how to pull that data, though. So click-through percentage by contact. You ever played around with this one, Troy? No, I never. All right, this is a cool one. So, again, like most uh, contact-based searches, you can you know look for people with tags. So here, let's actually going to use my list again. So anybody with this, and again, all sorts of different stuff you can play around with. But let's look at the click-through percentage by contact of these people that get my emails. So we'll. Uh, Let's look who has the highest click rate. It's probably like me from testing. <laughs> uh, no, actually, look at that. Cool. So some of the top fans and whatnot here, we can see uh, what's going on. So, hmm. And remember, this is a contact search like anything else. So you could tag some people if you wanted to, like maybe anyone that's got a click rate higher than like 30%, hmm. tag them all and give them like a super engaged email bonus. Uh, hmm. Here's a coupon for reading and opening air mails because list it's it's like when back in the day when people were like oh how do i minimize unsubscribes you know here's all these tactics to minimize unsubscribes bury the link dude you know all sorts of confusing language whatnot you minimize unsubscribes by looking at the other side of the coin and providing more value <laughs> that's right so uh don't neglect the people that are engaged when you're doing list hygiene in fact it may be, depending on your circumstance, it may be better to actually focus on keeping those that are highly engaged, highly engaged. Yeah, totally. Just trying to get a couple more people up there. Um, because, yeah, if, again, if I was like a restaurant or something and I could see that, hey, here's all our fans, they have a click rate of, you know, they've, they've received more than 30 of our emails and they've, they've clicked through on more than 10% of them. Look at these super restaurant fans. Let's send them an appetizer coupon. You know, let them know that we see them. You know, don't necessarily be creepy about it, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that's, of course, the, the engaged people. We're talking about the unengaged. So you can, of course, look at it from the other way. You can say, hey, who's got the, the weakest click-through rate? Uh, hey, cool. Nobody's at zero. That's great. But maybe you take the people that have had a click-through rate. Again, like, so let's say your newsletter. Let's see about... Um, I don't know, anybody that's like less than 5% and maybe they've received more than a handful of emails, uh, you could put them in a specific campaign to re-engage them. Hey, you're signed up on this, and uh, and obviously you wouldn't necessarily say you signed up on this because it's so mechanical. Uh, think about it as if you were writing one-on-one -on -one to one of your friends, but something like, hey, it's, uh, you know, hey, it's Paul, I know I haven't, you know, sent you an email in a while, or... You know, I was looking through my uh, looking through my people, and it doesn't look like you've clicked on a lot of stuff. Um, 
you could give him a you could just say, hey, give him an opportunity to unsubscribe and say, if you're no longer interested, go here. You could take the, hey, update your profile here. Um, you could just say, here's a couple of things that you might find interesting, and then just see who's clicking in general. Mm, you could, of course, make an offer, drive him to some lead magnet. Uh, and again, the other thing, too, is are these you know, customers or not? Um, but we probably want to make that slice earlier. Uh, we would have made that slice earlier. I feel like I'm rambling. Is this is this helpful? It is very this? helpful. So so what okay. what once our once our list grows to a certain size, how do we then how do we then build some automation to show, to identify you know, rather than kind of pulling these reports, which is super helpful, but I imagine you get to a point where, you know, going through these reports and having a look at these tables of data can become quite tedious. So how do we build an automation that says, all right, hey, you haven't done anything for 60 days. Uh, we're going to, you know, send you this particular email to try and wake you up. Mm-hmm. So uh, recently, within the past year or so, that's something you can actually do out of the box with with Infusionsoft, and mm. there's a lot of other tools out there that'll do that, this idea of automated list management. So uh, in your marketing settings here, so I'll just go to my marketing settings, we have the automated list management over here on the side, which also, by the way, side note, make sure that you're setting up your email authentication, everybody. If you're sending emails from your own domain, definitely set up your DKIM. So that way it, it makes sure that you have the greatest chance of your emails getting delivered. Mm. It's really easy to do. You only have to do it once. And um, it's just really important. So thank you for attending this PSA. The more you know. <laughs> but anyway, under automated list management here, there's, there's two things that Infusionsoft gave us. There was two new statuses that they gave us regarding somebody's email. And this is the relationship status think about it, uh, the relationship with a particular email address, there is an unengaged marketable email, and then there's also the unengaged non-marketable. So it. both of these are unengaged, but one of them you're allowed to email, the other one you can't. So based on your business, that's, you, you may, you, you may, I would not recommend using this unengaged non-marketable unless your business requires it, mm -hmm. uh, or there's some kind of laws or something like that. Uh, because you can actually set the threshold, then the threshold is the number of months for each of this. Mm -hmm. So if, if somebody does not, and actually says, uh, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't explain what is uh, engaged means. But again, I believe it's either an open, uh, it's at least an open, most likely a, a click as well. Got it. But if someone doesn't open or click an email within four months, the system automatically flips them to unengaged marketable. And that's just and a, that's, if, that's a tag, or is that actually the status of the email? That's the actual status of the email. Got it. Yeah. So when you're looking at a contact record, hey, test contact, you're mm -hmm. going to just fine here. There's actually a lot going on to, well, that's not test contact. Anyway, looking at the email status, so you can see they worked out, unengaged, marketable. I don't know why it said test contact. That was super weird. But on the email status, there's actually a rolling history per each email address of 
their 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 email status. So they came in unconfirmed on this date, and then they became unengaged marketable on this date. Uh, and look at that. So it looks like around 2016, this is when this feature would have rolled out. Mm -hmm. So um, those are actual statuses. And if you have somebody that opts out, you'll actually see opt out and the feedback type. That report we were looking at before. Got it. Um, this yeah. is this is where that lives at the. So there, there's a database of for every email address in that actual app. Yep. If it's ever been sent to, it's it's got that kind of key here. So you can choose how many months this happens. And this is turned on by default. It doesn't it literally doesn't do anything other than just kind of switch their email status. It's there to help you out. Mm -hmm. The default status is four months. So if somebody hasn't opened or clicked an email in four months, yeah, they're they're not really that they're not really that engaged. Uh, it also depends on your business too. I personally don't send like a whole ton of email, a whole lot of emails. So I might even say like six months. Sure. Um, I and know then, there's an upper limit to it. I think it's like maybe 18 months or something like that. And then once their status becomes unengaged marketable, I can automatically tag them, right? So you're absolutely correct. So that's where the automation comes in here. Because if you think about it, this is just changing their status, right? Yeah. Super cool. What does that do for us? Yeah. Not much. But when you go down further in the settings, you have your email status automation. This this has been around for a long time. You've mm -hmm. been able you can see when a you know for bounces. You used to be able to set up a trigger when an email bounces, um, which by the way I'd recommend setting up a hard bounce recovery. So that that very first time you send an email and it comes back, that's the opportunity to strike. And as soon as possible, you want to reach out to that person and say, listen, we tried to email you. It came back. What's the best email address for you? Mm. And even if this means chasing them down on social or again, giving them a call or, or something mm. like that, I've definitely recovered people on my newsletter that it bounces, but I happen to be friends with them on Facebook or something mm. and uh, send them a message. Hey, you still interested in this or, or even go to their own website and fill out a contact us form. Hey, you know, I, I had this email on files. They're an updated one. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's a little wild. But anyway, hard bounce recovery. That's a great way to, to minimize that list hygiene because you're handling it as it occurs, mm -hmm. not in a batch. And if you think about the relationship, it's way better for the relationship to handle it as it occurs. Yep. I would assume you'd have a greater chance of recovering an email the sooner you recover it from when it hard bounces. So anyway, this is the new piece, though. When a contact status changes, uh, this is based on that email list hygiene. So again, it used to just be based on email bounces and the different kinds that are there. But now we can say, OK, when somebody's contact status changes to unengaged marketable, hmm. unengaged non-marketable, or even full-blown opt-out, you can do different, different kinds of things here. Hmm. So. This is where you'd say, yeah, hey, if someone goes to unengaged marketable, tag them as unengaged marketable. <clears throat> or uh, maybe this is just simply like a functional tag that kicks off a campaign. I mean, it, it's it's literally the same thing. It's just naming conventions at that point. And then so if, they, if they're unengaged marketable and I tag them as unengaged marketable, I can then mm – -hmm run i can then set up a sequence to say hey you've just been tagged unengaged marketable i'm going to send you an email that says hey paul 
I've been trying to send you emails or I've noticed that you haven't uh, been engaged with our emails or, you know, um, are you okay? What's going on? Are you, are you interested in any of these three topics? And there's three links. If you open that email and click on any one of those links, first of all, if those three links, if I apply a tag to those links, so if you click on the link that says, hey, I'm interested in recurring revenue or building a team or skydiving, then all of a sudden you're, you're tagged then and then I can send you more information regarding that particular topic. But if you open that email or click on any of those links, does your status automatically change back to engaged marketable? So it actually, so there actually is no status of engaged marketable here. Let's go to yeah. back to that report here. Mm -hmm. It's a really subtle difference because oh well, yeah, unengaged marketable. What about engaged marketable? That's because there's different versions of that relationship too. So looking at the, oh, I wanted the reports because that exposes all the different types of statuses. So if somebody is engaged marketable, it's actually going to be any any one of these three statuses. They're either going to be unconfirmed or confirmed or double opted in. Got it. And so it's either those two can be... Uh, so if they click on a link or open that email in that kind of re-engagement sequence, then they're automatically reverted back to either unconfirmed or confirmed. Mm-hmm. Huh. Absolutely. Okay. Right. It's super cool. So the the one thing about this triggers, there's no way to necessarily indicate that, at least not natively. You can't say when someone's status changes to, uh, if there's like an into or out of maybe, you know, so when somebody leaves on engaged marketable, things like that. Um, now, something that's interesting is opt out, right? When somebody says, hey, I want to opt out of everything, there's... There's actually two ways to trigger that, if you if you didn't know. And I guess this is for some of the nerds out there. I'm not sure what the difference is. But when you go to the email default settings, there is a legacy action for when somebody opts out as well. Mm -hmm. So Which similar you could, triggers here. You could use that action set to run a tag, apply a tag, and then mm -hmm. run. Okay, got it. Yes. So you can see in my case what I... I do is when somebody opts out, I remove the newsletter tags. That's sort of the main thing I'm running out of this system yeah. anyway. Yeah. And then if there's a phone on file, it actually creates a task to call that person, Got just it. apologize and be like, what's up? Sometimes they'll opt back in. Got it. Again, when have you ever received a phone call for opting out of an email? Yeah, That's, never. Uh, um, and then, so if you if we send them the email, what's the best practice? If I send them an email saying, "Hey, are you interested in skydiving, recurring revenue, or hiring a team?" and they don't respond, mm -hmm. is the best practice then to go, "Well, you know, okay, we tried, and they're not responding. You know, let's let's just stop emailing them." Or how many re-engagement sequences do we put them through? At what point do we say, "You know what? They're just they're probably." They've probably they're just not going to respond at all. Let's just get rid of them and let's just save a CSV file and put them on stick them in Google Drive and let's remove them from the database. Um, I guess it depends on what all you're trying to do. So in the case of using you as the example of what are you interested in building a team, all that kind of stuff, that's where you may want to come at it from the angle of a profile. Like, what is your you know, what are your interests? Make you update your profile. We haven't heard, you know, we haven't, you know, doesn't look like we've been too interesting to you lately. Maybe this is an opportunity to update your profile and see what you might want to hear from us about. 
maybe adjust your sending preferences, that kind of thing. Uh, what's neat there is that on the contact record, you can actually create, instead of using a tag for your newsletters, you can actually create a custom field because now you can have different types of a subscription hmm. as opposed to just a binary there on the newsletter or not. Hmm. So you could say, do you want monthly updates or quarterly updates or none? Uh, or as far as like so looking you, at their preferences. So you do that through a custom field, not, not tags. Yeah, because now here's the magic. You can link to a landing page with that custom field on it. It pre-populates their value. Hey, here's what you're currently subscribed to. And then they update their preferences. Huh, interesting. So that, that, and, and of course, you can use this exact same kind of setup for, uh, you know, somebody's profile, uh, depending on what you're doing here. Um, so how many times would you hit them up? I would say, I'd probably say at the most three over like, I don't know. And if I was doing three, I might do it over a, like a whole period of like a month. Yeah. So send them that first unengaged and then maybe like a couple days later, send them that other one. And, and then if anything, maybe two, three weeks after that, just be like, listen, we're, we send you a couple emails. looks like you're not interested. We're just going to take you off. So, um, have a nice day kind of thing. And then, and you're, you're suggesting before that you don't necessarily delete them from the database. You just stop emailing them. Yeah, yeah, you can remove whatever tags are there, what you need to do. Maybe it's an opportunity to use a fulfillment list in the campaign uh, that maybe batches till the end of every the, the last day of each month. Hmm. And then you just have an operational habit to upload that list into some Facebook custom audience that already yeah. exists. Keep it up to date. Um, uh, final question, I'm conscious of everyone's time, but final question before we go, which is something we can do at the front end for List Hygiene, is email validation. What is your go-to yes. process or stack for verifying email addresses when people first opt into Infusionsoft? I know there's a bunch of tools that you can use. What what would you suggest that we use? I, as far as validating, like, is it a good email address or not in the first place? Yeah. Oh, uh, I haven't played around with that a whole lot, honestly. Oh, cool. Um, for my own newsletter, I have a very high confirmation rate um, because I explicitly tell people to do that and like that's the main focus here oh. so we'll close out with this i'll show you what happens when people actually i should probably have oh inbox setup training by the way that's that's coming i don't know if you recall my little gmail thing back in the day but it's coming back huh. uh so yeah it's basically how to kind of automate your inbox so that way it it sorts itself for you like a personal assistant. Huh. Keeps you focused on what you actually need to focus on. Um, okay, but anyway, newsletter sign-up. This is my, if you go to paulsocal.me and give me your name and email, which you definitely want to do because all the cool kids are doing it. This is the <laughs> campaign that you're going to go into. And so we can see that uh, there's there's a bunch of uh, some other things here, but the main... The main guy is is, is kind of here, right? So here's the main site opt-in. And when someone opts in, we want to make sure that they confirm their email address, right? 
Um, so what we do is we tell them that's exactly what they need to do, and then we make sure that it's a nice, seamless experience here. So on the thank you page, you can see you got a bunch of non-visible elements with, like, trackers and things like that in them. So, okay, so people opt in. Great, I just sent you an email. If you wouldn't mind opening it to confirm you're a living human, that'd be great. I want to make sure you see my messages here. Got it. Um, and then... And then there's even some distracting things here. This, I mean, I built this thing, man, I don't know, maybe 2013, and I've not really ever changed it mm -hmm. because it just works. Um, so subject line, I like because So this email comes out immediately. Subject line says, I like your inbox or complimenting them. Pre-header, but I need a favor, though. Um, I verify, you know, click here. So straight to the point, super transactional. And the kind of behavior that you'll see is you'll see people opt in, and then within a minute you'll see them open, and then you'll see that click come through all within maybe a couple of minutes hmm. in most cases. Um, and if they, don't, if they don't confirm their email, then we just don't add them to the list. I mean, in my case, they're still added on the list, whether they whether they confirmed it or not. Um, I'm not that strict about it. Um, the other thing that I do is you can invite people. And I guess this is talking about list hygiene, right, keeping people engaged and whatnot. Um, it's all about the onboarding, too, when they join your list here. So, for example, I'm inviting people to follow me on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And because there's a link click goal here, does that mean there's, there's – this is an actual sequence of two emails that says, hey, are you on Facebook? And, mm -hmm. hey, here's a quick reminder about Facebook. Mm -hmm. And, of course, if they click, it, it just stops. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I could probably expand this now, again, now that I think about it, to have all my social properties, all my social entities. Mm -hmm. um, and – yeah. It's a deep, deep <laughs> rabbit hole that we can go down with this hygiene. <laughs> However, I'm it conscious is. of everyone's time and we do need yes. to bounce out of here. But this has been super interesting and it's, you know, ultra nerdy stuff, which I love. Um, I can tell you that uh, it is worthless having 105,500 people in your Infusionsoft email list if you're only actually getting through to about 33,500 of them. Uh, the rest of it no is joke. the rest of it is just vanity. So, take list hygiene seriously because also what happens is if you actually you know deliverability sure screen again to... deliverability is a real issue, isn't it? If you're sending a bunch of emails to junk email addresses that aren't getting through, it can actually affect the deliverability of your Infusionsoft app. Am I not am I not right there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, you know Google and AOL and Yahoo, they all see that and they they can learn that your emails are kind of crap. Yeah, uh, and, and occasionally Infusionsoft will them. occasionally Infusionsoft will knock on your door and say, uh, "We're going to restrict uh, your app if you don't clean up your list because there's you know too much shit going out and not enough stuff getting through." <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. happened. That's happened to us um, a couple of times. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. The email compliance yeah. team. Yep. Ooh, yeah, those guys got to watch out for them. So last yeah. thing I want to show, because we're talking about list hygiene, right? And it's all about that engagement. And uh, and I'm hoping these numbers are good. I'm kind of just taking a guess here. But um, <laughs> this is the last newsletter that I sent out, uh -huh. and I was using a broadcast expander method. So it's the, it, it's the exact same email three times. But if they open it, 
or click it, it stops, right? That's another trick to getting better open rates too. Just resend the same thing with different subject lines and stop once they open. But I want to show huh. about the reporting and the, the opens and the engagement rates because I don't usually have a lot of uh, I don't usually have a lot of links and stuff in my emails, as you know, at least not until the very end. It's usually just it's a training, it's a lesson, it's teaching you something. Sure. But I want to look at I want to just kind of show you the if it'll do it, but kind of these open rates um, because it just shows like how you need to care for your people. Mm. I mean, you really don't. So look at this. This is, I mean, 37.4% open rate. That's, wow. I mean, it's not a huge list. It's only a couple hundred people, but that's, yeah. that, that's pretty healthy, right? It's very healthy. Not a, not a huge click to open because again, not a lot of links there, but look at that. There is an additional 230 that didn't open from this first one, so they got resent. Wow. And on those second two passes, we got an additional 21% open, and that last one, 15%. Wow. So we collected an additional almost 80, actually, an additional 80 opens by resending. Wow. So you so wait a couple really of days, resend the exact same email with a different subject line, and the goal is an email open. So as soon as they open the email, they won't get the reminders. Yeah. Exactly. And what that would actually do is that takes your overall open rate up. So crunch some last numbers. So if we had 139 opens plus the 80 that we got from resending was 219 out of the uh, – I'll take it over the delivered because, you know, if a couple didn't, I don't really want to mess my numbers up. Um, be honest with myself. If we do 219 divided by, you know, that 372, that's a 58.8% that's a open rate overall for this one email. Wow. So it's it, it's definitely about the relationship. I mean, yeah. that, that fellow earlier was saying they're too long, bro. And yeah, they are because yeah. I'm, at least with this list, I'm teaching a lesson. Yeah. What's the... And, oh, hey, look, what's look the... What's the I 25 people to the podcast from last lesson. Yeah. What's the click abandon? Check this out. What's the click so abandon in, sequence? So this was totally unintentional, by the way, but it worked out. So at the end of this one, I linked to our part one mm -hmm. podcast because I think that had just published. So I'm like, great, here's something cool. Um, if they open the email, they click abandon, wait a day, and then at 8.07 a.m., just to make it seem a little more personal, they get reminded. And I even address, hey, it's a long email. Maybe you missed my podcast with Troy. Here's the link. And so because I truly – I don't just want them to open the email. I want them to click. Yeah, of course. And, and, and do some stuff. So this is the little click abandon that goes out oh, at 8.07. That's good. So they've opened the email, but they haven't yeah. clicked. So check this out. I know that that email was lengthy. Make sure you saw this. As a guest, have a good That worked out so, so serendipitously. Totally unplanned. I forgot that this was even in this wow. bit here. We were talking about open rate. And so actually, let's see. And then I promise we'll end, listeners. You're you're all so kind for sitting here and hanging out. I want to look and actually see what was the click through rate on that email and the open rate of that one. Uh, let's click abandon here. And that uh, that goal there is just a click so goal, I, is I pissed, it? I pissed off a single person. Yeah, yes, just click goal. So I, I pissed off one person, whatever. Look at fifty percent open rate. Wow. On the podcast, and then from still 15, 15 clicks out of that. Right. So about a fifteen percent click to open rate. You know, huh. fifteen out of the hundred and two. Uh, that's a great. That's a great C tour. Click to open rate. Yeah. Um, and so again, engagement. 
Yep. And you'll notice it's, it's mostly transactional. It's based around their behavior. So if you make your email marketing behavior-based, you should, in general, have a, a healthy list that doesn't require a whole lot of hygiene. That's fantastic. Uh, I love that. I'm totally so stealing that little sequence you've got right there, which is the, th- the three reminders, the email open is the goal. Once they open, there's a reminder to click, and if they click from either the first one or the click abandon campaign, they're pulled out of that campaign. I'm totally stealing that. It's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's, it's the broadcast expander, man. Been teaching that guy for years. Are you not right. on my email list? Have you not gone to paulsocal.me? I haven't. I'm sorry. I do apologize. Troy? I know. Okay. I'm well, a that's terrible. okay. You could, you could have gotten that. I'm a terrible. Well, I could have just had you on the podcast and I got it. So I, I take the long way. I take the long way around, man. I take the long way around. Uh, yeah, hey, no, this has been uh, this has been super interesting and super fascinating. And we could, you could, do, I mean, we could just do this every. We could do this once a day every week for the next five years and still not cover everything. It's so much here. It's there's uh, a lot. It there's is a lot you can um, do. I'm super grateful for your time and your expertise and your patience, brother. I know I've bumped this podcast a couple of times because I've had things come up with Oscar and and schedules and stuff so i really appreciate your understanding and your flexibility and i'm so glad that we got to do this man it's been really interesting yeah yeah thanks for having me and uh you know i'm always down to be a future guest if there's a particular topic you think i could get nerdy about awesome love it uh where can people reach out and learn more and subscribe to your list and watch you in action yeah so um if you want to get emails that are too long you can go to paulsokol.me s-o-k-o-l dot me and uh give us your name and email there and if you want to follow me on the social medias you can go to facebook.com slash under the hair and i am also on linkedin as well so awesome that's that's uh that's the fun bit so let me know if you listen to this and thought it was cool go opt in or message me or comment me or something let us know what you thought awesome Thank you, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your lovely afternoon and evening there in Arizona, and I'll definitely be in touch, and we'll do this again sometime. You know it. Cool. Thanks, Troy. Thanks, brother. Take care. Bye for now. There you go, folks. There's another episode of the WP Elevation podcast. PaulSokol.me is where you checked it out, and it's spelled P-A-U-L-S-O-K-O-L.me. Go check it out and uh, reach out to Under the Hair at Facebook and get in touch with Paul and thank him for his time and his expertise. Get on over to iTunes or the Apple Podcast Store, whatever they call it these days, and subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating and a review and follow us on Facebook and YouTube. Look forward to keeping the conversation going. Until then, I'm Troy Dean. Go elevate.